This is the last year that the Big Ten will have an East and West division. And this is also the last year that the Big Ten will have these teams. As next year, we will add four teams from the Pac-12. But we are going to focus on today the top games in the Big Ten this year, as well as who will win the conference. So buckle your seatbelts. It's time to get this party rolling. Welcome to the Super Fan Dan Show. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Davis is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. Auburn's going to win the football game. You done messed up, A.A. Ron. This is no democracy. It is a dictatorship. I am the law. If you survive camp, you will be on the team. If you survive. And now here is your host. What a game. Why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Super fan. Dan. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to being one day closer to the start of college football season. I'm so glad you clicked on us and we're interested in what we have to talk about with the Big Ten. If you haven't subscribed yet to the show, please do, as well as join our socials on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Superfan Dan Show, to get updates on future episodes and what is going on in the world of football. Now, as the title suggests for our time together today, we are going to talk about the Big Ten. And in a future video, I will focus on the Big Ten expansion, which is developing into quite the story, quite honestly. But we'll save that for another time. We're going to focus on this year's Big Ten, and we're going to focus on the East first, followed by the West, followed by the top five games of the season, as well as overall predictions on who's going to win the Big Ten and possibly go to the college football playoff. So first, we are going to talk about the Big Ten East. Starting off with Michigan, last year's Big Ten champ. They returned seven starters on defense, as well as on offense with J.J. McCarthy and electric running back Blake Corum. Now, the question is this year, who will be the standout at wide receiver? And I think the inside track for that is going to be Tyler Morris. He is former high school teammates with current quarterback J.J. McCarthy. If those two can reconnect like they did back in high school, it's going to be a headache for Big Ten defenses. The second big question is, who is the second cornerback opposite Will Johnson? And I think, from looking at it from that perspective that UMass transfer Josh Wallace is going to be a big part of helping Will Johnson create a deadly 1-2 combo. What also helps is they have great safeties coming back in Rod Moore and Mike Saren still. The big thing with Michigan, they've proven they can win the big game finally with Ohio State, beating them handily the past two years. But the question is, can they climb up to the top of the playoff mountaintop? They made, the se- they made the semis back-to-back years, falling short in both years. I think there's a chance this year they can do it. But it's going to be very telling, and I still think it's a toss-up between them and Ohio State. Ohio State needs to wake up. And speaking of Ohio State, 
we have we're going to talk about them next. And the biggest question with them right now is can the defense bounce back? Yes, they have lots and lots of talent. It's Ohio State. They get four and five stars like it's no big deal. Their last two games, though, they gave up 45 to Michigan and 42 to Georgia. Defense needs to prove it can play against elite competition, not just against teams they're better than. The offense will probably take some time, but it's Cal McCord's time. C.J. Stroud, gone to the NFL and the Texans. We wish him the best of luck, but Cal McCord has to step through, and a big part of that will be offensive tackle senior Josh Fryer. If they can keep Cal McCord upright, they're going to give Big Ten defenses havoc with what they can produce with offense, especially with their receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. Guy's a stud. Guy is a first-round pick in next year's draft if he wants to go. And as long as Cal McCord stays upright, it's going to be very hard to stop this offense. Lastly with Ohio State, can they overcome Michigan? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They've been handily beaten the past two seasons by Michigan. I don't see it changing this year. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a third loss in a row for Ohio State. But the thing is that game's not until November. These two teams could look completely different by then. So at this time I'm picking Michigan over Ohio State. But I've been wrong before on many things, and it would not surprise me if I'm wrong on that. But that's what's great about college football. you got to play it on the field. Next in the East, let's talk about Penn State. So much talent on this team every year. Yet, if you would ask a general fan who the top three in the Big Ten are, Michigan and Ohio State would be argued for one or two. Some people put Ohio State 1, some people would put Michigan 2, but an overall consensus would say Penn State is 3. They just cannot get over that hump of Michigan and Ohio State. Is this the year they can jump? Well, it all depends on if the offense can become explosive. And a big part of that is going to be their new quarterback this year, Sean Clifford is now a Green Bay Packer. Congrats to him. But it's going to be Drew Allar, six foot five, 245-pound Drew Allar. Five-star prospect. He can sling it. Can they keep him upright? Can they help him with a run game if they need it? It's going to be very, very interesting. But let's say Penn State doesn't beat Ohio State and Michigan again this year. Is the head coach on the hot seat? Is James Franklin on the hot seat for that? Well, I mean, Ryan Day got in hot water last year just for losing to Michigan twice. I mean, nothing would surprise me. I hope Penn State can overcome at least one of these teams. I don't see it, but it all depends if their quarterback can take the program up another level. So that's our top three in the East there. Now we're going to talk about Maryland with Talia Tugaviola. Is Maryland the sleeper team this year? Is Maryland the team that could surprise? If you look at last year alone, when they played the top two in the East, Ohio State, nine minutes left in the game, they score a touchdown to make the game 33-30. to 30. 
against Michigan. They lost 34-27. to So when they're on their A game, they have a chance against anybody. In the Big Ten anyways. Outside the Big Ten, I don't know. But they've proven they can play with the big boys. And Maryland is at its best when their offense is firing. Last year, when they got over 402 yards per game, they were 7-0. The problem with this team is they can't keep Talia Tagovailoa upright. They allowed 43 sacks last year. 43. I think to help their quarterback out, they need to get a consistent running game and it has to be Roman Hemby and Antoine Littleton. They need to put the stress off the O-line and Tug of Viola so that they have a shot to get that 400-yard mark, which shows that they have a better chance of winning the game. Also on defense, Donnell Brown Jr., absolute beast. Ten and a half sacks last year. I see another big year out of him to help with that, to help with that defense. But it all hinges on if the offense can keep the quarterback upright. And I think they are the sleeper this year, but they have to have consistency against all teams, not just show up against the good teams. <laughs> Next on the list, we have Michigan State. Team that finished five and seven last year. Signed Mel Tucker to 10 years, $95 million after that one great year a couple years ago. This team needs a quarterback. Their quarterback left, got up and transferred. They have Noah Kim, Kenton Hauser. So one of those two has to step up. What's interesting is the difference they've had from 2021 to 2022. This team was 85% in the red zone in 2021. In 2022, 72%. In 2021, they were 4-0 in games decided by 5 points or less. In 2022, they were 0-0. They had no games less than 5 points. And part of that is their pass defense was awful last year. Just absolutely awful. In addition to that, their time of possession, they only had the ball 26 minutes a game. Precisely 26 minutes and 13 seconds. They averaged only 3.8 yards per carry in 2022. Both of those numbers have to go up, especially with having a new quarterback in town. He's going to need help. Will Michigan State have that this year? I highly doubt that. It's going to be a long Rough season, I think. Mel Tucker could be on the chopping block. I think that big contract is going to, is going to prevent it. But I've seen teams fire coaches without worrying about the penalty. Remember Willie Taggart back in Florida State before Mike Norvell showed up? So teams will cut if they think the current coach could not get the job done. Next up... In the East, we have Greg Schiano and the University of Rutgers. This defense last year gave up 29 a game, which honestly isn't that bad if you compare it to the offense, which was downright atrocious. Their first game of the year they played Wagner had 66 points in that game. Pretty good. They still averaged only 17 on offense. If you take away that Wagner game, Rutgers averaged 13 a game. 
What's crazy about this team is that this team went four and two when they scored more than 16 points, which is pathetic. 16 points in modern day football in 2023. Gotta do much better than that. I mean, that stat just makes me go crazy. 16 points a game, four and two. Another interesting stat about last year's offense is that they were four and one when running over 140 yards a game. So if they can focus on that running game, especially with a new quarterback change, because honestly, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be on this team, at least consistently right now. Right now, it could be between any one of three guys. It could be Gavin Wimsatt, Evan Simon, or Johnny Shepard. Wimsatt took over last year. He struggled with accuracy. Simon had a 300-yard game against Iowa. That's a positive. But still could not get over, could not get over the hump. And then you have a recruit in a Johnny Shepard, six foot three, two hundred thirty pounds, really nice arm, but one of those guys has to make any pass game functional so that a run game can be achieved through this pathetic offense. And there's no other better way to describe it. It was absolutely pathetic last year. Now the defense against mediocre teams, they were pretty good. Against teams better than them, they were outright destroyed. Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Maryland, those games were not even close. Good news, they have a good secondary with Max Melton and Robert Longerbeam. Problem is consistency, and if the offense does show up, can the defense also show up in those games against Ohio State, Maryland, Penn State, and Michigan? I'm not sure. It'll be fun to watch, but I'm not sure. And we have our last team in the East here, Indiana, with head coach Tom Allen. Tom Allen is 30 and 40 in his last 70 games with Indiana. However, he's 6 and 19 in his last 25. The offense absolutely needs to move the ball. No questions about that. The ironic thing is that this team had Michael Penix Jr., who's now a Heisman candidate for Washington, who is going to be a Big Ten opponent next year. So talk about the ironic justice behind that or whatever you want to call it. But this team had Michael Penix Jr. Oh, that stinks for them. That absolutely stinks. Now they got to figure out how to get a quarterback. As last year, Hoosier passers only got to 60% twice last year. The inaccuracy, awful. Bring in quarterback Taven Jackson from Tennessee. He has to show some burst for this team to have any shot against any anybody. Anybody. What could help them is wide receiver Cam Camper. I love that name, by the way. Six foot two, 194 pounds. Really great in the first four games. Two 100-yard games, including 11 catches and 156 against Illinois, of all things, who turned out to be a pretty good defense last year. But then he tore his ACL. So he's going to come back from injury, but that's the number one target right there. If he can come back healthy, that's only going to help Jackson in his transfer from Tennessee. 
I think it's going to be rough for Indiana. I don't see them winning too much. And Tom Allen may be in trouble. He may get fired, especially with this new onslaught of teams from the West coming in. Teams are trying to keep up. We've seen what Wisconsin and Nebraska have done with new head coaching hires. Tom Allen may be on his way out unless he can pull off a miracle season. Now that we're done with the East, let's go out West, and we're going to start with Wisconsin. A team that's been known as consistently good, but never got over the top. Something had to change. Bring in Luke Fickle. Bring in Phil Longo. Installing a 3-3-5 defense and an air raid spread offense. At Wisconsin, the team that likes to sit on the ball and run up the middle constantly each and every game. Can this work? And if it works, how fast will it work? Well, one, I think it will work. And two, I think it will work because of the portal. And it's going to be fast. They got a bunch of players coming from Cincinnati that came with Fickle, a couple of wide receivers and a couple of offensive linemen and Jake Renfro and Joe Huber. I think it's going to go smoothly. They're going to have ups and downs like any team, but this is going to be a different Wisconsin team that we've never seen ever. They're actually going to have a quarterback that can run and get this. He knows how to throw the ball. Tanner Mordecai. And Braylon Allen was getting yards with eight and nine-man boxes. Can you imagine how many yards he's going to get with a six-man box? Or what the average will be? With Phil Longo and his North Carolina running backs, his running backs last year were averaging six, seven, eight yards a carry. And Luke Fickle said in a press conference earlier this year that his goal for Braylon Allen is to get 18 touches or 18 carries a game, 140 yards. That's awesome. If they can accomplish that, as well as get a nice, strong passing game with all the transfers coming in, this is going to be a scary team. But the big question is, can they beat Ohio State? This year, they're playing Ohio State at Camp Randall. And I looked this up. The last 15 seasons, Ohio State has only played Wisconsin at Camp Randall four times. Wisconsin won one of those matchups. Two of the matchups went into overtime with Ohio State winning both of those. And the last game was also a nail-biter. So for those Ohio State fans that think this is going to be an easy victory again like last year, think again. I think it's going to be a fun contest. I still think Ohio State's going to pull it out, though, because I think Wisconsin still needs a couple years to kind of get the whole picture together to challenge the top tier of the Big Ten. But they're not going to be a pushover anymore. And what's so great about this transition is they picked the perfect year to do it. Their schedule is easy. Their toughest games are at at Illinois and then home against Ohio State. They also play Iowa at home. So if this is the year to make a change to see if it works and to make a run at the championship in the Big Ten, they picked the perfect year to do it. So I'm excited to see how all this unfolds for the Wisconsin Badgers. Next up on our list, we have the good old Iowa Hawkeyes. Basically, Wisconsin's twin almost and that they focus on the running game, have a quarterback that could throw when needed, and has a strong defense. 
Last year, they had a really strong defense and a really anemic offense. They only allowed 13 points a game last year. 13. They scored 17. They were one of the top defensive teams in the country while being one of the worst, being in about 129th in all these categories like passing, running, scoring. It's crazy. I think if they had a pulse on offense last year, they could have been in the playoff. Just anything. Enter Cade McNamara, transfer quarterback from Michigan. Couldn't beat out J.J. McCarthy, but this guy could finally breathe some life into this offense. I think they could. In his year in 2021, when he was a starter, he was 64% completion percentage, 2,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, and six picks. Better than whoever they had last year, and I don't even want to look it up because I watched some of that first game with Iowa where they won the game 7-3 to by scoring a field goal and two safeties. Who does that? You score a field goal and two safeties. You'd think that was from 1919 or some really early game. But this is 2022. South Dakota State, 7-3. to Absolutely pathetic. The most they scored in a game all year was against Rutgers and Nevada, 27. That's it. If they had an, if they have any semblance of offense, if they have, if they have any pulse on offense, this team could win. And I think a big part of it was getting Eric All, Michigan transfer. They have Luke Lockie at tight end, and they have a nice one-two punch in Caleb Johnson and Lashawn Williams at running back. Now in defense, they are replacing a lot of people that went to the NFL draft. But they're going to be fine. They have Cooper DeGina corner. Defensive tackles, Noah Shannon, Logan Lee are beasts. Deontay Craig's coming back at seven and a half sacks a game. And they have transfer linebacker Nick Jackson to replace Jack Campbell, who went in the draft. I think they'll be fine. The whole concern is can they score enough to stay in games that the defense is keeping them in? We'll find out. Next up on the list in the West, we have Minnesota and P.J. Fleck. Interesting team, especially with all the rumors with P.J. Fleck apparently wanting players to applaud loudly for him when he walks in the room. Now, I don't know how true that is. I don't know if the player that said that was really disgruntled. But, I mean, you got a guy that says row the boat constantly. He could go on the wrong side of some players, but I still think he's a good coach. Offense depends on Athon Kalikmanis. He played like a beast against Wisconsin. He looked good that game. Problem is, he only completes 54% of his passes. That will have to be improved upon to make the offense more dynamic. Now, what hurts for their offense is they did lose Ibrahim, Muhammad Ibrahim. Really great back for him. But they did bring in Sean Tyler from Western Michigan. Should be very helpful. And they also have some really dynamite receivers in Chris Autumn Bell. As well as from the transfer portal, they got Corey Crooms from Western Michigan and Elijah Spencer from Charlotte. They're experienced. They're good. Now the only question is, can they provide success in the Big Ten from the MAC? It's possible. I've seen other people do it. But that's asking a lot from players from smaller schools. But they're going to be given the opportunity. That's for sure. 
But the offense can take its time because the defense, solid. Really good against third down. One of the best teams against third down. They are... They were eighth in the country in total defense and fourth in scoring defense. And the crazy part is they did this with no pass rush. The team as a whole, 19 sacks. I'm not 19 sacks over 13 games. And they still had a dynamite defense. That's amazing. (laughs) That's fantastic. And I'm sure they'll be just as strong this year. With players like Tyler Newbin and having players such as Justin Wally and transfer Trayvon Jones. I think they'll be just fine on that defensive side for sure. The issue is, can they have good defense against spread teams? You look at their schedule last year, they only played one team that liked to throw the ball downfield as their main primary attack. That was Penn State. That game wasn't even close. 45-17. to That was the game that just nothing good happened in that game. Everyone else, they played a team that loves to run the ball first and pass second. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play against Wisconsin, who wants to spread out teams now. They still might run the ball a lot, but they want to spread teams out and try to throw the ball. So it'll be interesting to see Wisconsin and Minnesota this year to see how they attack that offense of Wisconsin. Should be an absolute blast. Following Minnesota, we have Illinois. Surprise team last year, Illinois. Brett Bielema did a great job last year. There's no other way to say it. Did a great job. But they have to replace a lot of good players, one of them being Chase Brown. Star running back for the team last year. Really great player for them. He had... Over 1,600 yards and 10 scores in 12 games. This was a guy that got it 41 times in, in the game against Minnesota. And he get it, got the ball at least 20 times in every game but two. To replace those players, we have Reggie Love, Josh McCray, Jordan Anderson. If they can get anything through with those three players, I think they have a shot. Because they relied on him a lot, the running game a lot. Brett Bielema loves the running game. This is something that they have to stay focused on. And also a quarterback, they have Luke Altmeyer, transfer from Ole Miss. If he can help anything with a downfield passing game, the running game will only get better. Should be interesting to see if they can translate that into success. And speaking of success, the defense absolute beast last year in fact a fun stat with illinois last year whenever they held opponents under 208 yards passing which is unheard of in today's game but when they held teams under 208 yards passing they were eight and one when they allowed more than 208 they lost every game oh and four their defense was dynamite last year but to the nfl draft they lost a bunch of players. They lost Sidney Brown, Kendall Smith, Shartavius Martin, and corner Devin Witherspoon, who all combined for 17 interceptions. Nasty defense. They need to get it together quick, and they have to get it together quick 
because the start of their schedule is an absolute killer with three teams that love to throw the ball. Toledo, who loves to throw the ball. Kansas, who with quarterback Jalen Daniels, also loves to throw the ball. They looked good in that bowl game last year. And along with Penn State's new quarterback, Drew Allar, focusing on trying to throw the ball more. If they can prove they can win against those throwing teams, they could again have great consistency and again be a surprise team in the Big Ten. A lot of ifs right now with a lot of ifs right now with this team. So it'll be interesting going forward to see how this team grows and progresses. Moving on from there, we go a little southwest to the state of Nebraska. And new coach, Matt Rule. Big question is, is how long will he how long will he need? Big, big question. Scott Frost was supposed to be the savior of this team. Absolute disaster. Absolute nightmare, quite honestly. I knew the season was over last year when you're up double digits against Northwestern and you go for an onside kick. Just, just weird. Just weird. So I think Matt Rule is a much better hire. My concern with Matt Rule is can he be consistently good? He went to Baylor, who honestly took over for a program that was going through a lot of scandal. First year, won one game. Second year, seven games. The last year he coached there, 11-1. and one, But then ended up bolting to the pros to Carolina. And we all know what kind of happened there. Didn't really work out. Now he's going back to the pros. Now, can he actually stay at a place and show sustained consistency? That's going to be very interesting to find out. What they do have is a really dynamic athlete at quarterback, Jeff Sims, who in three years at Georgia Tech, 4,500 yards and over 1,100 rushing yards. Definitely have a lot of tools to work with him for an offense that Matt Rule wants. But what Matt Rule was hired for was defense. This defense, an absolute joke last year. Absolute joke. There's a reason why Scott fired Scott Frost got fired pretty quick last year. They have a new defensive coordinator in Tony White. Everything needs an overhaul. This is why I think it's going to take time because the defense needs to grow. And that game in Northwestern I talked with, with you about, Northwestern got 528 yards in that game. 528. Northwestern was one of the worst offensive teams in the nation. And that was Northwestern's only win that year. Their only win. But it's going to be interesting. They do have Luke Reamer. He did make 194 tackles, which, great. That's great. Now get off the field on third down. Like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see how Nebraska does, but I think they will take a little bit more time to grow the team that Matt Rule wants, and they might be a couple years away. Next, we go with the team that won the Big Ten West this past year, and that was Purdue with a team that also has a new coach. A new coach in Ryan Walters that you guessed is defense. Trying to make a strong defense to make a run in the Big Ten, I think is wise. They had a rough year last year, quite honestly. At the end, they got killed by Michigan. 
lost to LSU 63-7. to <laughs> So, rough, rough way to end the year. But they have some things to build on. They have a new quarterback, Texas transfer Hudson Card, of all people. Hudson Card had a lot of hype going to Texas. Maybe a change of scenery helps him. Graham Harrell, star quarterback at Texas Tech, is their new offensive coordinator. Hopefully they get something going. They should try to run the ball. They have a combo of Devin Maccabee and Dylan Downing. They combined for 1,300 yards and 13 scores last year. Should be the focus to help the quarterback break in. They also have a pretty nice receiver. And TJ Sheffield caught 46 balls, 480 yards. But will a number one emerge? I don't know. We'll find out together. Now, speaking for the Purdue defense. Now, the defense, their goal with new coach Ryan Walters, especially when he was at Illinois, his goal is to make the defense into a turnover-making machine. They have Curtin Jenkins and Corday Sidnor, playmakers in the linebacking core. In addition to that, they have Cam Allen. Amazing safety. Over four years, he has 173 tackles, 10 interceptions, and 12 breakups. They also have Sanusi Kane, 72 stops. And they have a couple transfers coming in at cornerback with Salim Turner-Muhammad from Stanford and Marquise Wilson from Penn State. I still think they're going to be behind teams like Iowa and Wisconsin, maybe even Illinois, but it's college football. Anything can happen. And speaking about anything can happen, we go to Northwestern. What an absolute train wreck at Northwestern right now. Pat Fitzgerald just got fired for the alleged raisings or hazings or whatever they're called. And it's just a mess, an absolute mess. And you'd think it'd be a coach that would be there for a couple years and he just doesn't pay attention. Pat Fitzgerald's been there 17 years and doesn't matter. That was absolute embarrassing what happened to Northwestern. They now have interim coach David Braun. I heard rumors that maybe Brian Hartline or Jim Leonard would take this job. I'm glad they didn't because this is a wreck and it needs a year to kind of get its footing, quite honestly. They had a turnover differential of negative 19 last year. This is the team that won one game last year, and they still somehow had four NFL draft picks, which just blows my mind, quite honestly, that they had players that good, and they still only had one win. Now those players are gone, and you expect those players to play well with an interim coach but like, a, like a couple months before the season even starts. Good luck with that. You play Rutgers in one of your first games, that's your best chance at a victory. So I hope you get at least one win. I hope you get even a couple wins just to give yourself a boost. If this team got three wins, that'd be coach of the year right there. I know he wouldn't get it for winning three games, but that'd be coach of the year material, at least at Northwestern anyway. So good luck to that. So we've gone through the East. We've gone through the West. We will now go through my top five games of the year, as well as what I will think about who will make the Big Ten Championship and who will win. 
Number five, I have Wisconsin at Illinois. This is the game last year that got Paul Chris fired. Brett Bielema beat Wisconsin at their own game. Run that ball down people's throats, win time of possession, and just absolutely flatten teams. Wisconsin now has a completely different offense, completely different defensive scheme, but Illinois picked up Jim Leonard to play to be on the defensive coaching side. That's this to me is so intriguing just from that matchup. And if Illinois can win this game with all the changes Wisconsin made, it's going to be a dent in Wisconsin's pride. That's for sure. So this would be a fun game to watch just from that scenario. Three and four, I have Penn State with their games against Michigan and Ohio State. If Penn State wins one of these games, they could crack into the top three of the East. If, however, they lose both, they're potentially again number three in the number three in the conference. And if Wisconsin keeps playing well, especially with their new format, they might drop to four. So it's gonna be very intriguing to see how they play against these teams and if they can finally get over the hump and win one. James Franklin definitely needs it. Number two, I have Ohio State against Wisconsin. The last time Ohio State came into Wisconsin, again, close games. Seven, they, they, Ohio State won by seven, seven, three, and then lost by 13 in 2010. So this game will be very intriguing just from the fact of playing at Camp Randall, but also former Ohio State player and coach Luke Fickle being on the sidelines of Wisconsin. Oh, that is going to be a fun game under the lights to in prime time on NBC of all channels for that. And number one, without a doubt, it's Ohio State and Michigan. This game will be again to see who gets to the Big Ten Championship and have an inside track to the playoff. Past two years, Michigan has dominated. Ohio State needs to wake up in this game. But I think it's crazy that the fact that Ryan Day has has coached his team very well and is still in danger of the fan base hatred because of the losses to Michigan. Again, I think these are the top five games to watch. It's going to be an absolute blast of a season. I think who comes out of the East is Michigan. I think they beat Ohio state again. I think they go undefeated and I think they will face Wisconsin in the West. I think Wisconsin can get it all together in year one. I think they, I think they'll have, Losses maybe against Ohio State for sure, maybe Illinois, but I think outside of those two games, I think they win all the other ones and go to play Michigan. I think it'll be a closer game than it's been in years past, but I think Michigan still wins. I think Michigan is stout. Michigan has talent. Michigan has speed, and they have the experience to go to the playoffs for the third year in a row to hopefully advance further to the championship game this time around. So what do you guys think? Who do you think will win the Big Ten? And do you think I'm crazy? Do you think I'm right about things? Or do you think I'm off the wall? Well, please join us on our socials, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to share your thoughts. And I'd love to discuss these topics with you. Stay tuned for future episodes because we will be talking about the Big Ten expansion with all those teams from the Pac-12 coming in, as well as some of the Pac-12 teams going to the Big 12. And I don't think conference realignment is done there. So it's going to be very interesting to talk about maybe what the ACC does, as well as what the four remaining teams in the Pac-12 might do in the near future. We will also discuss how the Pac-12 commissioner 
really just butchered his job and how the Pac-12 literally disintegrated before our eyes within the span of a couple of years. I also want to give a huge shout out to collegefootballnews.com as I use them to help research each and every team to give you detailed analysis and projections for this year's season. With that, take care, my friends. God bless, and we'll see you next time here on the Superfan Dan Show, where football is our middle name.